welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. Our guest is Pete Sparks, president of the Gunnersville Historical Society, which won the Alabama Historical Association's 2023 James Ray Kuykendall Award that honors a local historical society for outstanding achievements and significant contributions to community history in Alabama. Congratulations, Dr. Sparks, and thanks for joining us. Happy to be here this morning, Marty. Thank you for asking me. Pete, tell us about the Gunnersville Historical Society. Our society was founded in the early 70s, I believe 1971, by a group of citizens here in Gunnersville. There was no historic societies in the county, and they felt like there was a need for one, but it was strictly limited to the Gunnersville area to start with. We founded the Gunnersville Museum as well during this early time, but we've been very active and have really grown since 1971. Now, you may be aware that we also were awarded the Calkindal Award in 2000. Congratulations. That's a, something to be proud of and a laurel for you. You say that you own the Gunnersville Historical Museum. Tell us a little bit more about that. What house is it and where is it located? The city of Gunnersville took it over from us and they put it in a building they had, which was an old National Guard armory built in 1933 by the CCC. The building was owned by the city after the National Guard vacated it. After we started the museum, the city procured this building and put the museum in there. And I feel like we have probably one of the premier museums in the state, but it is separate from the Gunnersville Historic Society. We're still a 501c3 organization, and the city of Gunnersville has taken over the Gunnersville Museum. But we actually started it. I understand that. Was it located in a different building? Yes, for a while it was in an old Episcopal rectory that was vacated and we had it there for a while. Then actually the Historic Society was in the National Guard Army before the museum was, but then later we were able to acquire the Montgomery Gilbreth House, which really involves most of our story. So it sounds like you guys have been playing musical buildings over the years. Yes, sort of, yes. <laughs> Tell us about the Gunnersville Historical Society programs, because that's what the Kuykendall Award is based on. Let me do it this way. Our story really involves the Colonel Montgomery Gearbreath House. The Colonel Montgomery Gearbreath House was uh, saved during the Civil War. It and one other house in Gunnersville were not destroyed when the Yankees burned Gunnersville on January 15, 1865. But what happened is in 2001, the county commission was trying to buy the Gearbreath House and destroy it and make a parking lot. Our historic society became aware of this, and we made a concerted effort to not let that happen. We were able politically and other ways to stop the commission from gaining this property, but we had to acquire the debt for it ourselves. So when we did this, that started us on a road to a lot of achievement because we had to come up with all sorts of innovative ways to pay off this immense debt. The cost of the house was only $125,000. At the time, it was a really rundown building. It was a three-story building that has rental spaces in it, and it was really a slum at this point. So it cost us 125000 and then it was going to be estimated somewhere around two to 300000 to restore this building. 
So we were looking at an immense amount of money. So we had to be innovative and come up with ways to come up with this money. How did you do that? Well, we started out with tours. I'd had some experience with tours. I've been doing Civil War tours for years. And we had another lady on there that had some experience with tours. So we started with day tours. We went to Dayton, Tennessee, where the Scopes Monkey Trial was. We went to Franklin, Tennessee for the battle there. First went to Shiloh, Chickamauga, went to Oakwood Indian Mounds. Those sort of one-day tours we started with. But then as we got good at our craft, it involved longer tours. So we did a four-day tour to New Orleans to see the World War II Museum and all the other sites in New Orleans. We went to Natchez and did a three-day tour. We went to Savannah, Georgia on a four-day tour. We went to Atlanta on a three-day tour. So we really evolved into bus tours and going into tours. And these made us a good deal of money. And it attracted a lot of people into our society because naturally people like to go see history and do that. So that enlarged our membership and created funding and got a great deal of interest in our society by all the tours. And we're still doing these tours today. In addition to doing the tours, it sounds like you put all that money into the Gilbreth House. Yes. Along with those projects, we had a Matthew Colbert cabin. There was an 1836 cabin that we managed to get moved to the location where the Gunnerson Museum is, renovate it. We put a lot of money in it, rechinking it, protecting it from the weather, putting a new roof on. We did the same thing at the railroad depot. We got a grant for $75,000 and we restored the Gunnersville Railroad Depot. We'd have been sitting there for years, nothing happening to it. Since we procured the Gilbreth House in 2001, we put an immense amount of money into the Gilbreth House. We brought it where it is now, the home of our society. Plus, it is a wonderful museum that we have put displays in and exhibits in. And we're still currently working on exhibits there. One of our other major projects is historical markers and signage. The city was greatly lacking in that, so we made an effort to put bronze markers on all the historic buildings in Gunnersville. We still haven't accomplished it, but we put a dozen or so. We've also put markers all over the city. Gunnersville's a historic city, having been here well before the Civil War. So we managed to put bronze markers all over the city to denote historic spaces. One of our projects for this year coming up is more markers. You already have about a dozen up, and these are bronze markers that go onto the building itself, or are they well, we, large we, markers we did, on the post? We did six-inch by one-inch markers on all the buildings that told of the history of the building. But no, we have two-foot by three-foot cast aluminum ones all over the city denoting aspects from the Civil War and other eras. The past three years, we have been trying to locate Jackson's Trail through Marcia County. This was a project headed up by the Historic Society. We gathered together 15 scholars to do this, we met once monthly over this time. We went through the records of the courthouse, finding all the different mentions in the deeds of the Jackson's Trail through Marshall County. So after three years, we've located the trail all the way from where it enters Marshall County, where it exits Marshall County, before it goes into Etowah County. And our project for this year is to go back and to mark this with markers. Fort Deposit was the first fort that Andrew Jackson built as he headed down to Horseshoe Bend to, to defeat the Creek Indians. So we've located where Fort Deposit is, and this year we're going to put a marker there, and we're going to continue through the rest of the county putting markers so that people can actually drive through and locate Jackson's Trail as they travel through the county. That's our project for this year. I think that's a tremendous project that will benefit not only the Historical Society, but will also benefit Marshall County and the whole concept of the trail 
and marking the trail and remembering the trail for what it was. Yes, sir, I agree with that. One of the premier historians in this county is a lawyer by the name of Oliver Day Street, who came up from 1900 on up in the 1950s. He was a very good historian. He wrote down everything. The archives in Montgomery are filled with boxes of his history compositions. His family owned two different properties that were on the Jackson's Trail. So we've gone back through his family and through his notes, and we've discovered letters and stuff where he recorded about Jackson's Trail. So we've been able to go back and locate a lot of the trail because of the help of his family, mainly a man named John Ross, who owns a good deal of the property that's on Jackson's Trail, who actually owns where Fort Deposit was. Through those efforts from the Ross family and the records from Montgomery of O.D. Street, we were able to locate and mark this trail. That's a real exercise in making public records that are in the archives that many people think of as being hidden away. The archivists, of course, do not think of it as being hidden away, but that's the kind of thing that hits social media as the hidden records of this event or that event, and you have made them public, at least in a condensed version. So I congratulate you on that. What else is going on with the Gunnersville Historical Society? Well, to continue in that vein, we're publishing a pretty large paper about the trail. We're working on that now. We hope within the next year to publish a scholarly paper about all of our findings. A man by the name of Tyrus Dorman, a lawyer who's a member of our society, is heading that up. And as a matter of fact, we've got a trip next week to Horseshoe Bend. We've found some old cannonballs that were on the trail, and we think they were a three-pound cannon that Andrew Jackson was pulling through the county. So we're going to talk to the park ranger down there and see if we can ascertain if these are, in fact, some of the cannonballs that were of his three-pounder that he hauled down there to fight the creeks. It looks like you have programs and presentations and things like that. Is this? Oh, yes, true? of course. Yeah, we have wonderful meetings. And this year coming up, we have Jennifer Rogers Echeverry coming to speak to us. And the city is going to actually give her a key to the city during the time she's here. Now, Jennifer Rogers Echeverry is the great granddaughter of Will Rogers. And of course, Will Rogers was the great grandson of John Gunner, who founded Gunnersville. So she's a direct lineage with our founder of the city. So she's coming here for four days, and she's going to talk to us about her grandfather, Will Rogers. Another program we're having this summer is Mary Ben Heflin is coming to speak to us about her stepfather, William Bradford Huey, one of the outstanding authors from the state of Alabama, from Hartsville, Alabama. So that's just a few of the programs that we're having this summer. Our program in March is Arnold Smith, who is the head of the Custer Society for the United States, and he also lives in Alabama. He'll be coming to speak to us about Custer. So we have a lot of interesting meetings coming up. What are some of the dates on these? The Custer meeting is in March. What's the date? March the 14th, Arnold Smith will be speaking on Custer on March 14th. On May the 9th, Jennifer Rogers Echeverry is going to be here to speak on Will Rogers. And then on June the 6th, Mary Ben Heflin will be here to speak on William Bradford Huey. And of course, during the same time frame, we're going to be doing a number of tours as well. So we have a heavy schedule for this year. If any of our listeners who happen to be in the area or want to come up and hear these things, how might they get in touch with you? They can call my number, which is the main number for the Historic Society. That's 256-572-9924. All of this will be on Facebook. And then, of course, we advertise all of this in our local paper, the Advertiser Glean. 
But if they want to get first-hand knowledge from me, they can give me a call, especially if they want to sign up for some of the tours that we have planned. Pete, what else is going on in the near future? We're still endeavoring to improve and renovate the Historic Society. This summer, we want to make it more of a stop. We're trying to get more docents in there for the weekends. This past year, we developed a film, a 10-minute history film that people can come in and see that tells the history of Gunnersville. We've also added the Andrew Jackson Trail exhibit. We currently have the Burning of Gunnersville, a Civil War exhibit, and we have the Trail of Tears. A lot of people don't know that most of the Indian groups that went through on the Trail of Tears came through Gunnersville. There was two land routes and one water route. So Gunnersville played a large part in the removal of the Indians in the Trail of Tears. And we have a fine exhibit that displays that. We're just going to be adding to our exhibits and trying to expose the Gilbreth House more. Do you have a newsletter of any kind or is stuff just done through social media? No, our newsletter comes out four times a year, a quarterly newsletter. The new one will be coming out about the 1st of March for this year, announcing all of our plans. I'm very glad to know that. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about this? One thing that I would like to mention is that this year, we're trying to get the city of Gunnersville more involved with the Historic Society. The reason for this is currently our 11-member board, average age is 78 years old. So we are looking at a vacuum for leadership coming up in our society. New members are not jumping on board, especially in leadership positions. We have some younger members, but that don't really participate in leadership. We're having a hard time elevating them to that status. So what we're trying to endeavor to do is to get the city of Gunnersville to do what they did with the museum and actually take over the Gilbreth House so they can continue to maintain that. We would still have our identity as a historic society. We would supply docets to that house. We would still put out a newsletter, but we're trying to get the city heavily involved with taking things over because our future, as far as that leadership, and you may see this all over the state, historic societies are all manned by elderly folks. So one of our efforts this year is to get more involvement into history by our city. Yeah, I think that might be a good route to go, especially if the city is willing to do that. Is there anything that our audience can do to help you secure city participation? Not that I know of at this time. The director of our museum is really for this. We have a number of other people that are in the city. So I think we can make this happen. We just got to down with the city and have a conversation with them and let them know what the situation is. And I think eventually they will come around to doing what we want. Good luck with that, and I'm glad that you're confident in the success of it. So I want to say thank you for joining us. Our guest has been Pete Sparks, president of the Gunnersville Historical Society, which won the Alabama Historical Association's 2023 James Ray Kuykendall Award that honors a local historical society for, and as you can tell from this interview, outstanding achievement and significant contributions community history in Alabama. Pete, thanks a lot. Thank you, Marty. We appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at city stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.